G'day folks and welcome back to Happy Days. This is your pal Jesse on the mic, thanking each and every single one of you for taking the time to come back and listen to this show again and again and again. And if it's your first time, I give you the warmest of welcomes because it means the world to me, and I mean this seriously, that you have taken the time to listen to this show above any others, above any music, or let alone not scrolling on the phone. So thank you very much for investing a little bit of time and uh, enjoying happy days. So this episode, uh, it, it's a great one. I, I'm a huge fan of this guy, Richard Marcionis. I hope I pronounced that name right. Oh my God, I'm so, I try so hard to pronounce names correctly. But Richard is one of my dearest friends that I haven't seen for quite some time, but I've kept track of his progress and I have nothing but love and respect and admiration for his character and his persona. Uh, I know him from my time at Dracula's uh, where I learned so much about, I don't know, expression, character development, um, projecting personality to an audience. I, I am forever grateful to the, the Newman family uh, for giving me the opportunity to be a part of something so special. And I got to meet incredible people like Richard along the way. And uh, watching Richard on stage is is incredible. Uh, it's inspiring because we're, we're talking about a guy that can really command an audience uh, as if it's his, his own, in the palm of his hand. He can make you laugh, he can make you scream, he can make you shout. And that to me is a consummate performer right there. What I didn't know in all that time was that Richard was so much more than just a stage performer behind the scenes. He's also a producer, a manager, a band manager, TV producer. Like he, he, The guy wears many hats and he does it well. And he does it with such a humble and well-spoken attitude. Uh, working and managing the likes of John Foreman, uh, one of Australia's most incredible TV personalities and musicians. And he's Richard has also worked, you know, with the likes of so many, so many celebrities. Uh, I can't believe he mentions working with Burt Bacharach. He's worked with Burt Newton. He's worked with Rick, uh, Ricky Lee, uh, the Minogue sisters, Brian Mannix. The list goes on. It's illustrious. But the guy talks about it also beautifully and, you know, with the kind of attitude we can all learn a little something from. This conversation goes for a good period of time. I, I really think it would be a discredit to let you listen to anything shorter. So I'm glad that this goes for as long as it does because it's a great and informative chat. We really get deep into that world of behind the scenes, you know, behind the camera, behind the stage curtain, you know, that whole world that you don't really hear a lot about and you don't know a lot about. So this is a really good conversation to get a little insight into that world. Um, Richard is a man of great wisdom and knowledge, and he really um, just pulls no punches in discussing what goes into what he does. And uh, there's some great advice to be gathered from this along the way. So I really hope that you can all uh, get something from this. I certainly got heaps from it. And uh, I'm just absolutely grateful to Richard for taking the time to do this with me. Um, we also talk about his uh, soul food, as he describes it, uh, musical collaboration with my buddy Rudy and Mick, uh, two of my dearest friends. Again, I miss them dearly. I miss so many of my friends so much. And uh, it's great that the three amigos are together doing this great project, um, Bangarang. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful that Richard has that balance in his life. Uh, again, this is something we can all learn about uh, creating that balance and not being content. Uh, so he's pursuing 
his goals with an eager enthusiasm and hunger. Um, the the fire is well and truly alive in his belly. Uh, so he really, you know, he puts to rest a lot of misconceptions that are out there in the social world today. Uh, so this is very educational on many levels. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And I cannot thank Richard enough for taking the time to share his happy days with me. And uh, it really is a happy chat. So, Happy Days is proudly brought to you by my very own Freak Productions. I am so proud to have my own little company. Uh, It does make me a million dollars, but I'm working towards making a million smiles. And that's been my life mantra for as long as I remember. And Freak Productions allows me the greatest privilege to create on an extraordinary level all my podcasts. I do three shows. The Happy Days show that you're listening to now. Freaky Flicks available every Friday from 8am on all streaming platforms. And my new show, Rad, with my good buddy, Jake Reedy, a fellow writer and creative mind, where we talk about all things rad and pop culture uh, nerdy. It's great. It's fun. I love what I do. And uh, the fact that I get to talk to so many interesting people about inspiring and motivational stories that I hope the people listening can get something from and, uh, you know, just make that world a little bit brighter. If you haven't checked out Free Productions yet, go to www.freekproductions.com. Check out my stuff, man. I write books. I make my own comic books. How do I do it all? How do I fund it all? Recycling, baby. Yeah, I'm doing my part to uh, save the the planet, man. I recycle weekly, and uh, I commission artists from you know third world countries to uh, produce incredible artwork. And uh, man, it's I love what I do. I really do. And uh, all you have to do in return is hit that subscribe button. Hell, go to my website, buy one of my books, check it out, man. There's some, there's some good shit there. There really is. And uh, stick around on this show, man. I'll tell you more about it. But for now, let's have a chat with Richard about the wonderful world of t- TV, stage, music, rock and roll, just life in general. Enjoy this awesome candid chat on happy days on the Freak Productions Network. Mate. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Welcome on the iPods. The is, is, is that the best thing? I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I haven't read the um, Idiot's Guide to Podcasting yet. So uh, I'm just sort of, I'm still figuring it out myself, man. So uh, look, I tell you now, if it records and, and holds a tone, we're doing all right. So, uh, so far, so good. Okay. Are we live yet? Like, is this part of Oh, man. Is... We're as live as live gets. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, know. I love it. I, I, don't, I don't believe in, um, I don't know, all the editing crazy crappy all the things I, I i i'm a big organic lover i just love letting things just flow organically let I the rem- universe take it i remember that about you thank you <laughs> i'm glad you remember that of course i, <laughs> I do dude was, i hope it was good <laughs> so uh, I good hope- Yay. Look, I, I, I learned a lot about all of this in the, uh, you know, when the uh, Corona Cowboy came around and changed all of our worlds. I sort of fell yeah. into the world of online, uh, I don't know if you call it online TV producing, but sort of was, yes. we, we were doing this online show and suddenly I was learning all about this stuff and this technology that mm. I'd never had to even be part of. So yeah, I'm, I'm in your hands, good fella. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I promise we'll take good care of you, buddy. Go on, um, man. Man, thank you so much for sharing your happy days with me. This is a, a real honor and a treat because, uh, yeah, like you, you're one of my favorite humans um, that I've had the pleasure and honor of working alongside. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a, a real trip. 
Thanks, dude. It's interesting when you touched base with me today, you sort of came out of the blue because we haven't seen each other for God knows no. how many years. No. But you, I don't know why, but you constantly come into my brain um, as someone, uh, I don't know. I don't know even why, but living on the Gold Coast, which was never an intention of mine, mm. I'm a Melbourne boy. Um, yeah. And I think because when I first came up here, you were so much, you were so prevalent in what I was doing up here. I always think, oh, what's Jess up to? What's he doing? You yeah. Know, what's, the, what's the what's the dog man doing? You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where is he? Where is he? So it was it was no um, no true surprise, but a beautiful surprise when you touched base today. So thank uh, you. Thank for you. That. No, no, my absolute pleasure, man. I, I, you know, it's it's a funny time, you know, and I, I don't want to sort of go into the the Corona Cowboys saga um, mm. that we all know so well, but you know, it, it really. Um, it really changed our social structure in many ways. You know, we all sort of disconnected, reconnected and had to adapt and sort of yeah. learn things anew, so to speak. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like you did, especially um, with uh, you, you mentioned before about producing your own TV show. You'd started with, uh, I believe it was the, the big night in was it, is it called? That's right. So big yeah. night in was a show we did on channel 10, yeah. back in the day like in the in the noughties 2005 2006 right. we did yeah two years of it it's sort of it was a late night music chat show and then it sort of had its time and I went back into performance and blah 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 but what happened in that first year 2020 of COVID when all the gigs stopped for all of us that were gigging live and you yeah. know um the Art Centre Melbourne contacted myself and my business partner John Foreman and we were the two guys that produced and John was the host of the original TV series of the Big Night In. And they said, look, we want to we want to do a streaming show that will give artists something to do. We'll give people something to watch. Um, you know, it's got to all be done online. We can't have any, you know, no, there's no audiences. There's not, you know, no TV studios running. And I just sort of had to pull my thumb out and turn back into this TV producer. But I also had to learn how to do streaming production which is so different it's a bit like this yeah. process you know like, yeah absolutely you know we, we were interviewing people from around the world um that were stuck in play like you know t personalities and musicians but we were yeah. also doing musical collaborations from people like or full orchestras in melbourne and and oh a singer Lord. in in london and a guitarist in perth and you know so i i just sort of went into this 24 7 thing of being this streaming producer and I learned a hell of a lot in a very short amount of time and I was I felt very privileged to yeah. have had that experience even though it was you know shit days mm. um I felt privileged that I could do something not just for the performers but for the artists and for the producer uh, production team you know yeah absolutely was mm. that a was that a challenging process for you like um you know you mentioned working with artists and performers and orchestras from around the world, that process, putting it all together, is that a difficult one? Um, oh, it sounds easy on paper, but yeah. No, you know, I, I don't think there was enough time to even consider how challenging it was. I just mm. remember because I was working from home yeah. in broad, Broadie. Yeah. Um, I just stuck whiteboards up on my walls and started to make lists and talk to people and, the team, most of the team were based in Melbourne at the Arts Centre. Right. Um, and then it was just a case of contacting. I think everyone was in the same boat. No one had a chance to really get their heads around what the hell was going on. It was just mm. like, we we just have to do something because mm. we're all sitting at home making, you know, sourdough bread. So why don't <laughs> yeah. we do something creative and... And, you know, we did one series and then that was a success. And then we did a second series in that year, 2020. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it was. And it was 24 seven because we it was like producing a television show, but mm. without a studio and a production team, everyone was, you know, it was all that period where we all fell into Zooming and. Um, you know, and I think if you look back, it's a really good question to ask because now that you've asked it, I'm thinking back going, how the F did we do that? Yeah, exactly. But we didn't think about it. We didn't have time to think about it. We just did it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to sitting at home making sourdough bread. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked for you, man, because like I, I remember like seeing, you know, a lot of my peers from overseas doing 
you know, trying to do similar things. They were like doing the same thing at home, making sourdough bread, but yep. hungry to make music. So they'd get on the Zoom chats or Skypes and, and start having online jams with, you know, other artists from other bands and stuff. So just just to get that 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 feel of playing music still and not losing connection with that. Um, it was it was so, so surreal. It was so surreal. I just remember seeing, you know, as you're saying, you know, mates of ours mm. that don't necessarily have a public profile, but mm. are brilliant musicians. Yes. To people with public profiles. Yes. Like your Mika's and your Tina Arenas and your Ricky yeah. Martin's posting all of this stuff of them at home in lockdown uh, and all the stuff was equally as fantastic and got us all through this amazingly bizarre thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. That none of us saw coming. Mm. Now, let me ask you something with that. Like, this, this is very intriguing. So based on your experience doing this and producing this the way you have, do you feel like we have sort of tapped into a new way of entertaining the masses and adapting performance capabilities um, or performers working together rather than being in the same room? Do you feel like this is sort of a, has opened a gateway into a, a, a future of sorts? I, I, yeah, that's a really good question. And I think there's a few answers. One of the mm. things from my, you know, one of my other hats being a, uh, artist manager I feel like it that period that we're still coming out of but definitely yeah. we're in had had and did demystify the uh, blanket sort of understanding of celebrity because you yes. had celebrities sitting at home doing their own home videos of themselves in their underwear or pajamas with a bottle of wine at 9am mm -hmm just chatting and, and sort of doing stuff that in the real world before COVID would, they would never have considered doing. Yeah. So I, I think the sense of creating celebrity, which is what it's all about. I think that has been lessened. I think people are more, um, I think uh, the industry is more open now, especially with mm. social media. I think it might close up again, but at the moment I don't think it has. I wonder whether there's a lot of celebrities out there that might be regretting some of the stuff they put online. Oh, for sure. I don't, I don't know, but potentially. Um, the people that I was working with, I kind of railed in and said, you know what, maybe don't post that or maybe don't yeah. capture that. Or, yeah. uh, because one day the doors will open and you'll go, oh, my God, why did I post that? You know, why exactly. did I do that? Mm. Um, but what we did was sort of more controlled and being through the Arts Centre Melbourne, you know, it had a certain... Uh, we had a certain level of responsibility to make sure that what we were presenting was, you know, good quality and family entertainment. And yeah. it, we were literally just producing a, you know, television variety show that was streamed as opposed to being on telly with an audience. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And I mean, like, um, what a what a balancing act for you, man. I mean, you, you're a guy from your bio. You, you wear many hats. I mean, producer, producer. <laughs> um, Right down, I, I, I know you first and foremost as, as an extravagant performer. I mean, <laughs> just such a uh, you just command that stage so beautifully, and Thank um, you. yeah, man. And it's it's intriguing to hear you talking about this other hat that you wear being a producer and that. Um, what, what do you get the most pleasure from? Do you get the, the pleasure more from being that performer on stage, or do you get that satisfaction, um, helping create something magnificent for? stage or tv oh you're good that's another good question Thank i you. i remember and i, I i'll this is a I'll, I'll try and keep this answer quick but no, I, no, no, go, go for gold man okay i i when i was a teenager i suppose late teen you know when i was yeah. trying to work out what the hell i was going to do with my life yeah. i knew i wanted to be in entertainment and in yeah. showbiz and i i remember writing a list that i lost and i only found it in my late 20s and I went, oh, my God, right. And what it was is that I said to myself, I want to be a producer of entertainment, whether it's television or theatre or whatever, because I feel I have that in me. I, I want to produce things. I want to create things and, and make magic from a producing point of view. I also want to be an entertainer. I want to perform. I want to be that that person performing those works, not necessarily my own, but I, mm. I, I want to be that, you know, I want to be an entertainer. 
And I want to be an artist manager because I can see uh, things in people that are magical that other people need to witness and see and experience. So I wrote that down as a kid and I lost the file and I bought a new computer and I was swapping it over. And, you know, you do all that stuff when you create new folders and files. And I found the document and I went, okay, I found it and I've, I've actually done it. And I, I'm not saying that because it's like, oh, I went out of my way to make sure those three things happen. But they were the things that I kind of, as a kid thought, okay, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into accounting or into law or into medicine or into whatever industry. Yeah. This is the industry I want, but I'm torn between artist management, producing, being the entertainer. I'd love to do all three. And I've been absolutely blessed. And then that's kind of what's happened. I've just, and to this day, I've still managed to do all three. Fingers crossed it keeps going. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's one thing more than the other. But generally, it's been a nice balance of all three. That's it's, that's so inspiring to hear that. Um, I love that because it, it's funny, you know, when I've, I've had some great conversations with people in the past already, but... Mm. Your story is intriguing because, you know, most people have just one goal in mind or or a couple of goals, but yours is encapsulates so much more Um, at such a young age too. Like you were aspiring to do all these things. I mean, that, that's just kind of, I don't know, in my opinion, kind of relatively unheard of. Um, Do do you have a sort of a trigger of what may, may have caused that aspiration? Yeah, I've always had the um, adage of, you know, make your vocation your vacation. You need to yeah. love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's no point. And I think, you know, much to my parents pulling their hair out, you know, I, in my early 20s, you know, I, I'd leave a job after three months just because I, I didn't dig it, you know. And yeah. some of the jobs were freaking great. Like, you know, at network television, I was, you know, I was producing shows in my early 20s and then I'd go nah not interested it's not it's not you know I remember leaving I can't remember what show it was it was either healthy wealthy and wise that old show or oh wow good morning Australia with Bert Newton one of those shows but I quit yeah and I picked up a street magazine that was and I found an ad looking for a singer for an 80s cover band Oh, wow. And I auditioned and got the gig and I was making like 20 bucks a gig. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. And and I remember all my family and colleagues going, you've just left a producer's job to do that. And I said, yeah, but that's soul food. Like, yeah, you, you kind of got to have soul food, I think, in this life. That is that is such an interesting uh, analogy because... I, um, yeah, I, I've had that argument with people in the past, you know, and, and to this day I still do. And I find that incredibly fascinating from you saying that because uh, it's very hard for people to understand the mind of a creative mind. Uh, like it's not necessarily about monetary gain and you've gone from making adequate money uh, as a producer to following your passion and your soul food, as you say, singing in a band, doing what you love. I mean, how fulfilling is that? Yeah, I remember that one of the first gigs I did after leaving Channel 10, I think it was, was at a a bar in Fitzroy Street when Fitzroy Street wasn't what it is now. Mm. And it was some, you know, dingy bar. And I was there with my band and we were performing on this dingy little stage with bad sound. And again, as I said, you know, earning 20 bucks each. Yeah under a sign that said fart outside thanks (laughs) yeah and you know my mates came to see the gig and john foreman was one of them you know he came and they're all sort of looking at me going what have you done and i just had the best freaking night i was like this is this is you know this will go somewhere if 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 it's making me feel like this yeah like if, if i'm up here enjoying this to the extreme that I am regardless of this current situation it'll lead to something and it did you know man like it uh, uh, you know you got to put in the hard yards of course of course yeah um, and I think also having options you know like I gave myself those three options were on my list but I never turned anything down that wasn't going to be appropriate for me you know I was like I was happy to give anything a go yeah um yeah that's interesting, man. And and from there, like, 
you know, you, you got obviously got hungry for more and you wanted to do more. I mean, where, where did like, where, 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 sorry, I'm having speech impediment here. What sort I of paths? It. Yeah, thank you. What sort of paths did your journey take you down? Like some some of the more I don't know notable paths in your memory. Oh, I've just been so lucky, dude. Like, there's been so much fun to be had. Like, I, yeah, I, you've lived I, a charmed life, man. It's been a charmed life and not overly planned. It's just yeah. like you know, coming up to the Gold Coast to go and do some gigs at Drax. Like I, yeah. I worked at Drax in, in Melbourne and I did three years there and um and then I I got busy Yeah. Got busy doing my other management and T V stuff. So mm. I left and, and then they asked me to come up here to do a couple of months understudying on the Gold <laughs> Coast, which is where we met. Yeah. Um, and you know, that couple of months turned into a, do you want to see the year out? And I was like, yeah. well, this is this is a cool place to live, you know, it's yeah, warmer yeah. than Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and then you know, 14 years later, I was still there on stage and, and I learned a hell of a lot from a performance mm. point of view. But I was also still able to do all the other stuff I was doing, you know, like I was able to still keep my television production company running and my management stuff happening. So I just, there were just like key moments, like, um, and, and was like, Real pinch yourself stuff, like you know, John yeah. and I worked with Bert Bacharach, and oh that, my that, God. Was, that was amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Like you know, and it was a huge event at the State Theatre in Sydney. It was a TV yeah. show we did, um, and you know, we had all these Australian television, oh, television music performers singing yeah. Bert Bacharach songs, oh, and then wow. Bert came out at the end. John interviewed him, and then he did a performance, and it was amazing. But I remember that on the night of the show, like one of the it's it's it feels like such a surreal thing, but one of the big issues when you do a show like that at a venue like that, which seats three thousand, yeah, is you know is an audience going to turn up because it's a television show and a television show needs an audience because yes. the shots look better when there's an audience, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember standing on stage as we were sort of getting ready to kick off the whole event, and all the you know artists were backstage and everyone was getting ready, and the whoever it was in charge of, you know, organizing the audience came in and went, we've blocked traffic. There is a queue down the road. This is in the oh, middle of Sydney. Oh my God. And I went and I, and, and it was a disaster. Like it was a bad problem, but <laughs> I was just going, yes. We've yeah. Done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's those little key moments that you tick off that go, okay, that, you know, Sure, we worked with Bacharach and all those other people and the show was great and mm. it rated very well. But for me, that moment when that person came up to me and said, we've blocked traffic, there is a queue around the block. I went, okay, that's 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 a key moment. That's a cool moment. And it yeah. sounds so strange because it's, you know, it's not anything anyone else thinks about. But when you're the producer of an event and you need mm. to fill a room, when you know you filled the room, you're like, got it. Yeah, I know that. That's the champagne moment. That's awesome. That's the champagne moment, man. Oh, it's so good. Oh man, I'm so stoked for you. That's that's incredible. And the fact that you get to work with someone like Bert Bacharach, I mean, that's oh man, that's just mind blowing, honestly. Um, and and the fact that you are such good friends with, you know, such a talented artist like um, John Foreman as well, um, man. What that that must be a surreal world to sort of work amongst. Like, I mean, you you you've worked with so many different celebrities with, with production and stage and TV and that. I mean, is it a like for in your opinion? Do you find that it's a very different universe to the world we live in, or is it? Uh, I don't know. Just just uh, as normal as um, making sourdough bread. A little bit. Yeah. I um of both. Mm. I I I. You know, completely respect um, the banner of celebrity. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I know what that means and I know what it means to a lot of people, but I've been very lucky to have worked with some amazing people, but not all of them have always been celebrities. And yeah. um, I've learned at the feet of the master and, you know, John Foreman and myself are, are best mates. Yeah. Best mates. And we've worked together for 20 years in partnership with our business, but also with me being his manager. Yeah, and you know, I've I've always considered as has he that you know we don't work, I don't work for him, he doesn't work for me. We work for the brand of John. That's so Ford. cool. Yeah, you know, and therefore it can be 
two mates just making sure that that brand has success. So yes. that's, that's how we work and that's how we've managed to keep this. It's kind of unusual for an artist and a manager to be together for that long. Yeah. Um, but it's the fact that it's two mates that have a company that are just trying to, well, and do successfully make sure the brand of John Foreman works. So, and, and I've learned from the foot, feet of the master being John that, you know, you can work with your top level celeb or you can work with someone that's just breaking through in the same way. Like there's, you sort of get a bit blase and you go, there's no difference between that person and that person. Yeah. Sometimes you have to tiptoe around them or their management, but if they're good talent and good quality talent, it's the same thing. And yeah, and it should be the same thing. Yeah. I that's always have, been my yeah. adage anyway, you know, like no, I, I agree. I, I'm more than happy to go and see a local Gold Coast band than I would be to go and see Teen Arena in concert. Yes. Yeah. And I did that last year and she was great. But then I went to, you know, Moe's Desert Clubhouse and saw a band there and it That's was so equally cool. as great. You know, like. It's... I got to, uh, I, I have to agree with you on the Teen Arena part. I got to catch the ass end of the show because I was working um, crew production for that. And uh, mm -hmm. I was, I was doing the bump in and the bump out and right yeah, just, oh the, the stage set was magnificent and her voice my lord it's just immaculate oh she's a freaking legend and she's great and you know i don't know her that well personally but i've met her a few times and we've worked together and yeah she's always you know she's just charming and she's one of the dudes and she just wants to get the gig done and then she goes out there and blows you away with her level of talent. <laughs> I mean, isn't and, it? Yeah, that's inspiring. And that's all you want, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, and like, it, that's the way it should be. And I, I love that, that, the fact that you've been um, so blessed to, you know, I, I love and I'm so inspired by the way you talk about your, your partnership and re relationship with John what you've been able to do is just incredible. And I feel like that's the way, I don't know, in my mind, it's almost like common sense. That's the way all business should operate. You know, it shouldn't just be like a, I don't know, you do your thing, I do my thing, and we meet somewhere in the middle. It's like, no, we're, we're two mates working towards a common goal. And and this is how we're going to do it, you know. Um, and, and the big projects that we've worked on, or, yeah. you know, medium-sized to big projects we've worked yeah. on, had been a result of that. And I've learned from him. He's learned from me. I rely on him. He relies on me. I can build him up when it comes to the celebrity of John Foreman, the brand, yep. Yep. in a way that he can't do because that, that'd be dicky if he tried to do that. Yeah. Um, and when we were just mates and we were leading towards this management deal, not, not even a deal, this management arrangement, um, you know, I used to make phone calls on his behalf because it was easier for me as his representative to say yeah. how good he was as opposed to him saying it about himself, which would mm. never have worked. Um, and, you know, the other thing about when you work with someone that, of that kind of quality, it makes my job easier because I can just say to a potential client or a potential gig or event, well, this is what John brings. When you get John, you get 150%. Yeah. And if you don't want or can't afford John, that's fine. Good. <laughs> Go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With love. Yeah. Um, so, so, and, and that's sort of just how it's always worked and it's worked to this day and, you know, and we're still great mates and we have fun. Awesome. We have fun. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. I love that. I love that. It's again, that's inspiring, man. It really is. Um, mm. So Richard, with, uh, I, I promise I, I want to talk a bit more about you in a second, but sure. with, with what you do, I mean, you, it sounds like you are surrounded by a lot of, you know, a revolving door of talent coming through, you know, new and, and current and, and even old school talent uh, on the, on the regular. Um, does the, pretty bright in terms of talent for the country? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's really interesting. Like, you know, they're talking about the fact that Neighbours may finish up this year because oh, wow. of the... I don't know if you heard the story that the um, I think it's Channel Five in the UK who had been the main financer of the Fremantle production of Neighbours. Like, if interesting. Pe people think it's Channel Ten. It's not Channel Ten just broadcasts it, but Channel Five yep. started to pay for the damn show in um, 
I think, 10 years ago or something, but they've pulled out. So, you know, the, the, the noose is hanging around neighbor's head to oh, wow. you know, okay. potentially finish after 36 years. But there's this just been this huge outpouring of love and trying to save the product. And mm. I've seen a lot of stuff online and on the socials about that. And it felt to me like, you know, there was an era where, you know, there was an era where Neighbours was the shit hot show, but then yeah. there was an era where Neighbours sort of lost its cool and was the daggy show that, you know, a bit like yeah. theatre restaurant type, type of vibe. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like in later years, like it's just got the respect that it deserves because you don't last on network television internationally for 36 years for no reason. You know, no. you've, you've, you've got to have done something right. So... And a lot of great, you know, like the cast changes regularly to go back to your question about new talent and yes. stuff. So I, I think, I think it is, I, I think there is, I think there's a lot of new talent and I think there's a lot of uh, talent that's working hard to be better, mm. I think, than we were doing 15, 20 years ago. I think people that's are- That's cool. Okay. I'm, yeah, I think, you know, because also we're on an international scale now, and I yeah. don't mean we as in Australia, I mean we as in internationally, everyone's yes. competing for the European market, the American market, the Asian market, everyone's sharing in all of those markets of entertainment, Australia, mm. everything, New Zealand, we're all sort of doing co-productions and, and whatnot. Um, so we're all on an even playing, uh, playing field now, so I think everyone's mm -hmm. stepping up a bit. That's interesting, maybe, man. Maybe not even intentionally, but I, yeah. I just think it's happening. Like, you know, it's productions that are happening on the West End are then happening on Broadway, are then happening in New Zealand, then happening in Singapore, then happening in Japan, then happening in Sydney, you know? Yeah, um, okay. And at the same time, it's not like, you know, one show starts there and then five years later it comes here. It, it, it's all happening at the same time. And... Um, I think it's really healthy. I think it's I think it's a healthy market at the moment. I think it's good. That's really reassuring to hear from you, man. That's uh, I, I like that. Yeah, because I, I was curious, you know, because from a music industry standpoint, I'm 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 kind of like still trying to put my finger on it, where it's going and how it's all happening, you know. Um, so it's interesting to get that perspective from you. So I, I like that. That's that's reassuring. And man, I'm hearing it from my mates in the music business as well. Like, you know, mm. my mates that are in the, the rock pop recording world yep. and even all the you know, heavy, oh, whatever music, even yeah. music industry. I'm hearing that similar thing from them, you know, and okay, we've had a stumbling block with COVID, but now that things are starting to move again, um, people are starting to get out there and yeah, and it's good. Like there's a lot of collaboration around the world. And and I like that because I think uh, you know, it, you know, getting back a little bit on that subject we were talking about, where you know people were doing the Zoom collaborations and stuff. Mm. I I kind of hope that that trend kind of continues a little bit because um, I, I there's a part of me that feels like it, the last two years gave us an opportunity to really sort of appreciate each other a little bit more and sort of, you know, work together a little bit more rather than, you know, there, there was a time there where I felt like it sort of, it was every man for themselves, you know, and uh, not speaking that of, as a whole, just, you know, in, as, in certain aspects of industry. And I, I, I kind of hope that we are going to see more collaborations, more, you know, people working together to, to uh, achieve greatness. Absolutely. And it's interesting also talking about, you know, the, the, the market of, of, of music, for example, yeah. you know, like I remember I've just recently, I, I can't remember what the artist was, but it was, you know, someone of some stellar yeah. celebrity rating that I happen to follow on Instagram. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not great on the socials. Um, I don't actually know how they work that well, but I'm there Is occasionally. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I think I liked, or I wrote a comment about, what this and it was a who was it? it was someone quite well known anyway i i just wrote a comment with the other fifteen thousand comments on that person's um you know page or whatever you call yeah. it and about a week or two later there was a response and i don't know that that response came from the individual but from what i understand about how it all works it probably was and it wasn't a big long-winded you know i love your guts richard it was just yeah. a thank 
thank you. I appreciate that. That's amazing. And I was and, like, okay, well, that's that's a different that's a different world. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's cool. I know, I know what you're saying because I've I've had that experience myself a couple of times. You know, like people you just the you know the the least you expect um, when you least expect it, and you get a little reply from someone that says thank you or something like that. I don't know, a little kind uh, act of kindness like that just goes so far, man. It really does, doesn't it? And you don't necessarily you're not necessarily after validation from no, that person, of course not. But no. I, I, and and you know, going back to John, you know, we we. We, we have a meeting tomorrow morning on Zoom, which we do, you know, every once in a while because John's got a, a website and, you know, yep. there's an email thing and people are constantly sending, you know, requests for this and that. And, and, and sometimes it's just to say I'm a fan and thank you for doing this or that. But we make a point of sitting on our computers, him in Melbourne, me up here, mm-hmm. and going through every single one of those things and responding in real time you know and sometimes it's you know we might it you know we it must be two months later yeah <laughs> but at least we're sitting there and we respond and we reply and whether it's from me as management or whether it's from john himself it depends on what's within the the message or the email yeah um, but we make sure that we get back for that exact reason that that's someone's gone out of their way to contact us the brand yeah so we should respond when we can. It's not that hard, you know, like if, if I love it's, an hour, it's an hour of us sitting on our computers mm-hmm. and just, t- just a sentence. It's just a yeah. sentence back saying, thank you so much. Appreciate your comment. That's all. That's all it takes. It really, it really takes just that. And it's such a little amount of effort too. And I love that, that you guys do that, that um, kind of restores a little bit of faith in humanity. So that's awesome. Totally. Yay. Um, now, Richard, I, yeah. I I loved a little film clip that you sent me of Bangarang. Oh yes, that was a treat. I loved Thank it. You. And yeah, man. So I mean, here we are. We've had this lovely chat about this am- amazing world that you work and operate in. But then there's there's little rock and roll singer Richard there having a good old time with a couple of buddies of mine. With yeah, little Rudy and and Mickey boy. Do you know me? Doing, oh, do I? Yeah, with Jim. We've played together. We've oh, I didn't know. He he played bass for Dark Cell for one gig, and the man scrubbed up good on stage. I can tell you now. He connected with his dark side beautifully, and I was oh yeah, I was like a proud dad watching him do his thing. It was great. He's a freaking um, legend. He is, man. And and we did the uh, we did the corn tribute together up here in Bris Vegas. And uh, stop it! Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, I know, right? Um, he's a, he's a very quiet spoken man. I love that about Mick, but he's man, a gentle he, giant. yeah, dude, but he, and he, delivers, he plays he a mean game goods. of Uno. Does he really? He does. He challenges. Oh, he's a challenger. On the oh, Uno. really? So he's that, <laughs> he's that guy you want to avoid playing Uno against at all costs. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what I mean, what what sort of de- uh, defensive tactic do you take in in a game like that? Do you just hope that you get all um, wild card in the I, decks? I, or? I, I just I just know the look on his face when he knows he's got a good hand. He, oh, really? he doesn't ha- he doesn't have a good poker face. He gives it away in the way he's <laughs> like, like you're about face. to nail me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that face. I've seen it. <laughs> I love it. I love guys like that, man. They they keep this. Uh, stonewall look about them all, at all times but there's this little crack that you that to the untrained eye you miss it but to people yeah. like you and me we see it and it's like gotcha yeah That's you awesome. are about to brutalize me dude I know yeah I, I, I know that face no uh, it's really interesting now that you've brought that up i can't yeah, please. think of how i knew how i met mick um he has been an understudy for us at drax for a couple of years at draculas yeah. Um, and he recently uh, took over as the lead guitarist. So, and now the new show, which opens next week, they're rehearsing at the moment. He's mm. he's full time. So, but I can't tell you, and he'll smack me for this because I'm sure he's going to be listening to this at some point. I can't tell you how we met. Maybe it was oh. just through him auditioning for Drax and coming in, and but yeah, and then through Drax, 
I got the band sort of started in that um, when we sort of the world opened up up yeah. here um, with Rudy Tester, my good mate. I love Rudy. I love Rudy. Love Rudy to death. <laughs> um, so it was Rudy on bass, and we had another guitarist, Tommy Gray, and then he got yep. busy with other work. So we grabbed Mick sort of to fill in, and then Mick took over full time. And we're kind of in downtime at the moment because Mick's at Drax and Rudy's at Pink Flamingo hosting that. Um, oh, awesome. But yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice project to work on because it got me, personally, it got me that soul food again, you know, singing. Yeah. And I was just thinking about this the other day, man, you know, like you take for granted how much you enjoy sitting with musicians, whether mm. it's a guitarist or a baseball anything any musician yeah. like i yeah. really miss that's one thing i'm missing at the moment because i'm not doing a lot of it right now yeah um i just i just love sitting in a room with like on that video that you saw yeah. like yeah but just 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 a bunch of musos and just it doesn't even matter if it, what it sounds like it's just playing together yeah. you know it's that jam session it, that for whatever reason in the moment just, it doesn't have to be a gig. It's just a jam, mm. you know, like yeah. I really yeah. miss that. I really miss it. Yeah. I know that. I know that feeling, man. It's, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. I miss mm. that feeling a lot. Um, it's yeah. It's sort of, it's been separated from myself for probably too long at the moment, but um, yeah, I look, uh, it'll, it'll come back, but man, for you, I, I saw uh, in your socials over the past god knows how however long but i saw photos of you just you know celebrating life and and performing and i could see this this little twinkle in your eye when you're up there singing man and um you you summed it up beautifully man it, it really is soul food and it's funny how we take this for granted so uh it filled me with joy to see you doing that because it's such a different world to to do something as simple as jamming with mates and and playing the odd gig compared to being on stage in a cabaret environment doing the thing you know it's completely different worlds thanks man yeah no it, it is and i you know as, as i was saying earlier you know I've, I've done gigs in really shitty venues and i've done gigs on huge stages um in front of you know i i, I don't know if i've ever told you this but i no go I, for it blessed to do the mushroom records i think it was their 25 year anniversary or was it 30 and it was at the mcg in melbourne no serious yeah and it was weird it was a weird reason that i was there but it was um i remember being in the green room with you know kylie and danny and wow the, the mavises and the reason i was there is that i was working on the musical countdown the musical with right. brian mannix from uncanny x-men was the writer and director. Awesome. And yes. I played him in the musical. So I, I was, he wasn't in the musical. He was the director of it, but I played him. So right. Uncanny X-Men who were on the Mushroom label in the eighties were part of the mm. bill for this huge, I think 60,000 people at the MCG. Um, That's incredible. So Brian asked me if I would come out on stage. So when they, introduced uncanny when molly meldrum introduced uncanny x-men instead of brian coming out it was mm. me yeah dressed as brian and how he looked in the 80s not how he looked oh wow then. and then brian came out and we had this sort of face off you know the fake brian and the real brian um but yeah and that's my point like that was equally as fabulous an event as doing the gig with but outside thanks yeah of the stage you know what i mean yeah. like it was yeah. just just another experience of performing and a different size of crowd and a different size of production, but no less enjoyable for someone that just loves to be out there showing off. <laughs> yeah, that man. I, I love that. No, no, it's, it's, it's a very humble answer and attitude that you, you deliver. It, I love it. It's like both feet on the ground. There's, I don't know. I, I feel like people could really learn something from, your words of what you've just described. I mean, for for aspiring performers wanting to get into TV, film, stage, what sort of key pieces of advice would you like to sort of give someone like that? I just think you don't stop, man. Like mm. if, if, 
think it's probably harder today than it was. No, no, actually, I don't think it was. I, I just think you don't, I mean, in any industry that you want to yeah. be in, you just yeah. don't stop. Like when, when it gets too hard and you give up, then you've kind of written your own book. But yeah. if you just keep going, if you say there's no, there's no alternative for me, yeah. you know, it's, it's like someone that says I want to be an actor, but then when they fail their first audition, go into real estate. Yeah. It's like, well, well, you were never, ever going to be an actor because you gave up so easily. Like, you've got to be determined and you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going until you get the damn thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it took me freaking years to get mm. where, where I got, where I've become, what I've become. And I still yeah. haven't achieved everything I wanted to achieve. I've ticked the boxes, but, and some of the things that came my way came my way unexpectedly and I didn't expect to come, but I was just sort of in the scene. But, yeah. Um, yeah. The advice I would give to a younger person or someone that has decided to go into whatever industry, but talking entertainment is, mm. well, don't you dare give up because if you, yeah. if you dare to give up, then you're not meant to be there. Yeah. I love that. I really do. I, man, that's, that's brilliantly said. Mm. I love it. Um, <laughs> man. So <laughs> I won't hold you up for too much longer, because but I'm I'm having such an awesome time talking to you. Man. I'm I'm good, man. I'm happy to talk about me all night. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, actually, one aspect that we sort of briefly touched the surface on a bit, uh, mm. and I want to get into is something we shared together, which was our time and experience at that wonderful place, Dracula's. I, mm. man, what a trip. I mean, what, what a, a what a what a ride to be a part of something that I found helped me develop so much on a personal level and a performance level. Um, I mean, how how was that whole experience for you, man? Oh, it was life changing. Yeah, um, and educational as an entertainer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember I was sort of in the rock and roll scene. In the late 90s, I'd done a musical theatre show that was rock and roll based. And one of the, Mark Newman, one of the directors, saw that show. And I knew the Newman family, the producers of Drax, yeah. socially more than anything else. I'd never worked with them. And then, um, and, and I was sort of intimidated by the genre of cabaret theatre restaurant. I sort of, I didn't really? get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. I, I, I was a rock dude, you know, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't it just didn't make sense to me. I yeah. couldn't understand it. Anyway, I did this show and, and Mark came to, I remember he came backstage one night and came into the dressing room and said, you know, when this finishes, we'd love to talk to you about coming and doing some shows with us. Long story short, got the gig, um, did one year with them, one show, loved it, did a second year, loved it, got really busy with my other work, had to leave just because I couldn't do, you know, it was 24 seven. Yeah. Um, that's when I was doing a lot of management stuff. It was during the idol period. So John was busy with idol. I took on Ricky yeah. Lee as management. It, it wow. just got really busy. Wow. Um, and then came up here, man, I'm talking like this was 2002. So where are we now? So it's sort of a 20 year association. Yeah. 14 years on stage up here. Um, and now sort of, I moved into, you know, entertainment manager looking after the theatre and the cast and the crew and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it did change my life. I learned so much. I remember sitting backstage once watching it as the muso guy. Like my first role in the first show I did was as sort of the lead singer in inverted commas, if that's what you call it. I was yep. just the dude that did the lead singing and there was another guy that did comedy and there was a girl that did comedy and they were all amazing. And I was just sort of there shell shocked by this whole experience wearing these weird costumes and lycra and this and God pieces. And, <laughs> you know, um, and I just, I grew to love it, but I just watched, I watched and I learnt and I learnt and I learnt and I made myself learn. And, you know, man, 10 years later, I'm up here as the lead comedian i'm doing stand-up comedy like it's incredible I, I don't even know how that happened like i'm not even someone that goes to see stand-up comedy because i don't actually get it but yeah. there i am doing stand -up. i mean i get it but it's yeah you know i'd rather go and see a band than a stand-up comedian 
But there I am on stage doing stand-up comedy and then I'm singing a song and then I'm flying through the room on a harness and then I just freaking loved it. It was great. <laughs> and it taught me so much. It taught me so much. And, you know, I, I got to work with people like Rudy Tester, as I said, you know, I remember yeah. so well, like, you know, the first year Rudy was doing the stand-up and the second year they asked me to do the stand-up. And I said, well, how about we do it together? Like, you know, we're good mates. Mm. And, you know, and we sort of became the Hamish and Andy of Drax, you know, like I noticed they, that. Yeah, they just threw us out there and said, well, here's a couple of lines and just you two be yourselves. And the good thing about the balance there is that, and this is another thing of the education of the theatre, is that I'm very freestyle and ad lib and I'm terrible with learning lines, whereas Rudy is very firm on script and good with script and sticks to the script and gets that so put the two together and it was just a it was a balance that probably shouldn't have worked but we did a lot of we're both very tactile people so you know i I put my hand on his shoulder and he would know that okay richard's about to do something that i don't know what it is but i'll just be there ready if it doesn't work and i I know i know exactly what you're talking about Yep. Yeah, I'd just squeeze his shoulder going, go with me, dude, go with me. Yeah, I'd yeah. sort of give him a look and he'd give me the look back and, and then he'd do the same with me. And it just worked. And we did that for 10 years. Like we, we were the double act for 10 years it was, and it was beautiful. That's, I mean, that's chemistry at its finest, man. And, and I'm having so many flashbacks of what you're talking about. Like I, I can remember those moments and just going, yeah, okay, now I get it. <laughs> now it all, it all clicked. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That, that and I remember one so night I was, we, we were singing, you know, we'd always do the, the big stand up at the start of the show. And yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd finish it with a song. And I think it was the Mika song, Grace Kelly. And we were dancing down the catwalk towards the audience. And then we were meant to dance, not dancing, but sort of, you know, traveling musically. Yeah. And there was something slippery on the stage. And I slipped, ass over tit, and my foot crashed onto the table off stage oh, and ow. into a cocktail that exploded over all the people. Oh. And Rudy instinctively just sort of hooked my arm as I went down and pulled me up. And we both traveled back down onto stage <laughs> as, if, as if it was all set up, you know? Oh. And I just looked at him and went, you got me. And he went, yeah, I got you. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that, that's, that is definitely chemistry right there. That's incredible. Hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a good, good time of working together. We enjoyed, and that's why when the Bangarang band came together and I got Rudy in, you know, one of our catchphrases was, um, you know, playing hits and talking shit. The point of that is that one of the things and people that, you know, have come to see us when we, when we perform is that they just love the banter. Yeah. And it's, it's Rudy and I just going back into that rhetoric of chatting and being you know, being us and, and then we do a song and it works and then we do some more chat and, yeah, you know. I fun. love that kind of, I love that kind of performance. And I, I loved uh, watching that video. I saw Mick bloody singing on the microphone. I mean. Tell Mick, me about it. What? Yeah. Since when, since when is this a thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just like going, Mick, you don't sing. I mean, I, I tried to get him to do backup vocals. Uh, a couple of times and he's like no no i don't do that and it's like okay and here he is doing it on video I- i'm having words with that boy i'm telling he you he has got the sweetest tone and i remember rudy and i you know sort of teasing jokingly with him yeah when he first joined us i said to him i'd love you to do a song man you know are you happy to sing he said oh yeah i said what are you gonna do mm. and it was tlc um what was their song waterfalls waterfall yeah. And I, I said, seriously, you want to sing that? Yeah. The chick song. The chick song. Yeah. And he, he yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it absolutely, like like a choir boy. Mm. And then we That's just amazing. went, all right, here's another song. Here's another song. And he went, yep, yep, yep. Um, he's got a beautiful, beautiful tone. And so he's cool. found his voice. Like he's happy to sing. You know, he, he wants to do it. And he's, he should because he looks I good and that. sounds great. Yeah, that's he's total package material, man. Total awesome. package. That's Hate amazing. <laughs> but then <laughs> I, I love the fact that you have this balance in your life, like you you living this busy, productive life as a producer, etc., and manager, 
but you have that balance of bangarang as well um is that's not is that a sort of a balance that you want to continue into the future as well oh man as long as i can you know like, yeah i'm i'm not a a young fella but i'm you know i'm i'm still fit and I've, i'm i'm still show fit and i'm you yeah. know i've got a tour coming oh well the countdown tour is happening again middle of the year so i'm, I'm going on a national tour with that oh that's fantastic so you know doing a role that i did in the late 90s again Mm. Um, so looking forward to that, but yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, if, if there's gigs to be sung, I'll sing them. If there's shows to be produced, I'll produce them. If there's yep. artists to be managed, I'll manage them. You know, that's, that's my thing and I'll, uh, I'll keep doing it. And like, I love it. I, I, you know, you have a break now and then and work out what's going to work, but yeah, I'm all for all of the above. <laughs> I love that, man. I, I really love that because it's, it's interesting. You, you've kind of just answered a, a potential question I was going to ask you about longevity mm. and stuff like, cause you've had such a, it, an incredible career on paper and, and just listening to you talk about it. Um, it. It's funny. We live in this weird social culture and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it as well, where people just have these weird ideas about expiration, e- expiry dates and mm. uh, you know, and uh, very kind of ageist kind of culture. And, uh, here you are just smashing all that myth and and saying, well, if you love what you do, there's no reason why you should stop doing it. You know, um, if you're passionate and you still have that fire within your soul, then, you know, why, why stop? And I love that. I, I think that's beautiful. Thanks, man. And, and look, I think, I think you kind of know when, when you've, when you're done, but I, yeah. I'm not done. Like my frustration going back to the soul food thing, my frustration yeah. is that I'm not done yeah. and, you know, I, I, I've got more in me, but I'm also aware that, you know, I, I need to be show fit and that's yeah. something that you need to work on the older you get. Um, but I've still got the ability to uh, entertain a crowd or a room or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, while while I can do it, I'll keep doing it, and there there will come a time. I've never wanted to be that dude that goes out on stage in his high waisted leather pants, trying to rock a crowd that go, oh, what's that old fella doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not anywhere near that, but I, I'm aware of that. And yeah. I think I think you need to be aware of you know what's the right act for you, and my act is is sort of bouncy and and. You know, it, it's all about movement and that kind of performance. So uh, from a performance point of view. Yeah. Um, so at some point you just have to go, nah, not right for this. Anymore. Yeah. I love but it. I not love yet. The, yeah. I love the, uh, um, how you've adapted to your your scenarios as well. Like you, you've talked about, you know, incorporating more of a stand-up comedian uh, aspect to, to your performance you know, like think you've just really adapted to um, with time, you know, um, added more tools to your belt. You know, it's, I think that's incredible. Oh man. And there's no surprise to the fact that the three of us are sitting on stools in that gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. And I love that too, because it's comfortable, but also what I find really frustrating, frustrating is that I can't stay on the stool, you know, and <laughs> I, you, at, you want to at, kick at, it. <laughs> At some point, I end up standing up, and then the other two are like, "What are we going to do now?" You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's a good sign for me. That that makes me feel good because the point of Bangarang is that it is acoustic and it's laid back, and you know yeah. that, that that was the idea behind that that lineup. Um, therefore, sitting on stools, but it's hard to stay seated when you're doing songs that make you want to get up and you know move a bit. I which hear, is what man, I've always done. So yeah. yeah, you you know more than anyone. Oh, I, you know, I know that. I know that. Yeah, I, I, I tried to do a show sitting on a stool that lasted five seconds. So yeah. hard, isn't it? It's really oh, hard. It's, it's impossible. And it might yeah. look cool, and it might look great, but yeah, you know, it's 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 really hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. I mean, especially when you're sort of. I don't know, your muscle memory has this idea of, yes. I need to move and be flamboyant. And yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, this you can't, you can't keep my still. head. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. So um, I love that, man. That's great. Uh, Richard, 
Man, it, it has been one of the most absolute treats talking to you. Um, Thanks, dude. I, I, I mean, yeah, I know we could we could do this all night because, um, yeah, yeah it, you have no shortage of stories. And perhaps maybe that we should do a part two sometime, man. So I'd love it. I'd love yeah, that. that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, but, man, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you've done. And I love your attitude and spirit. It's so inspiring and motivational. And I hope people listening get a little bit of that same magic that I'm feeling right now. Thanks, brother. In these weird days, it's very nice to hear that coming back at you, me. Yes. So I, pre- I appreciate your words. <laughs> I appreciate your words. Absolutely. And, and no doubt we will see each other once again. It will happen. I know it will happen. So, uh, but till then, man, Richard, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep doing the good thing that you're doing, man. Thanks, brother. Take care. You too, man. All right. Till then. Cheers. Peace. And that was my chat with Richard Mathionis. What a guy. What a story. What an inspiration. Thank you so much to each and every single one of you that took the time to listen to this episode. I hope you got a little something from it as much as I did. Uh, what an inspiration, man. I cannot thank Richard enough for taking the time to do this chat. That's what life's all about. Take time to be kind, right? So uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Uh, I've got about over 30 other episodes previous with all kinds of different people from all walks of life. Uh, too many to mention, to be honest. And some real interesting ones in there. So some funny stories, some heartfelt stories. It's all there. That's why I do Happy Days, man, to inspire and motivate people to make their world just that little bit brighter. So uh, hit that subscribe button or better still, do that and share this with your friends. Tell your friends, hey, check out this show, man. It helps. Like I say this every week. I don't seek to get thousands of followers listeners likes or any of that social bullshit that's going on in the world today i don't subscribe to that what i want is to motivate and inspire people on a real tangible level so i feel like we can do something like that together yes i'm talking to you you and me together we can do this together on this platform with happy days and all i ask of you is hit that subscribe button tell your friends about the show and together we can, you know, do great things. Uh, from my end, my mission is to find more and more uh, interesting people with incredible stories that we can all learn something from, be inspired from, and just put a, a little bit of bounce in our step for the day. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this show, as I always say, proudly brought to you by my very own Freak Productions. Uh, yeah, it's my little creative hub where I write books, comic book series. I have about three of them and more to come. My podcasts, uh, videos, you name it, it's all there. Go check it out and support the website if you could. I don't expect you to, but hey, take the time to be kind, right? Check out my stuff and uh, otherwise... Keep listening to this podcast um, and check out my other shows while you're at it. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And uh, thanks again to Richard. I look forward to chatting to him again soon. And uh, till next time, have a great week, everyone. Look after yourselves. Stay happy. Stay motivated. And, uh, yeah, man, let's look forward to another great episode next week, shall we? Till then, stay happy, stay positive, stay motivated. And, uh Keep it freaky. Peace out.